Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What up, everybody? Welcome to We Drank and We Know Things, the podcast. Yes, number 53. What you do? Intro. <laughs> yeah, every um, time. I'm Andrea. I'm Tom. As we always say, actually, I don't know that we always say this, but welcome if you're new. Welcome back. What's our up? returning? Happy listener. to see y'all. Happy to happy to hear from y'all, man. It's uh, it's episode 53. I don't know if I said that yet. You did. You did that. Well, for those <laughs> that weren't listening, that's episode 50. Yeah, which not including all of our extra bonus types. We have a we ton have a of bonus shit. Yeah, we're probably gonna pull it soon. Just keep it the raw channel. No. Come on, buddy. Uh, just a quick thing. We're we're now on iHeartRadio. Yeah. If you found us, you you already know how to listen. But if you have somebody that you know the fucking and thing. as well as you know Spotify, iTunes, iTunes, our Stitcher, website, Google Play. Damn, all of them. But we we were excited because you had to like uh, we had to like submit a request yeah. on there, right? Yeah, we, we always kind of have to, but it oh. it went it went through rather quickly. Yeah, it did. Man, so we fucking we didn't know what we were gonna have for dinner the other. Night. Well, okay. First of all, I've been talking a lot about. I get lost. I get lost in these like YouTube videos. Right? When she says she gets lost, like I won't even be able to find her for hours. <laughs> <laughs> She's tucked away in some weird fucking watch, corner of the I house. I get lost watching stuff that I don't even actually like. I hate it. Yeah, like, I, it someone, happens to me too. I think it happens I to everybody. I hate what I'm watching. Like I don't like watching people eat, but I'll find myself watching mukbangs or mukbangs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's like this one. I'm not gonna plug anywhere, but they like a lot of them eat like all the authentic asian or korean like ramen and i've been thinking like i really want to just like get on amazon and order like the uh-huh. you know good stuff to try because we always just eat the bullshit you know yeah it? marchan yeah, ramen top ramen yeah and i've been wanting to try it and then well because there was a, there was a bunch up, of like traditional ramen shops that like well, didn't really up, make it through you were the... like I, yeah you were like i really want to try authentic ramen yeah and, like why don't we do that for dinner tonight but it was um everything's on weird hours still yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of places are closed really or closing really early. So and it was Sunday. So it was like yeah. extra closing was it Sunday? early. Wow. It was yeah, yesterday. it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so I just like looked up Google. Did a Google. Did a Google. Go do a quick listen. I the how much simpler things are when you can just do right? a Google. I know. I would not I am not fucking equipped anymore to even survive in an age without ultimate convenience like oh we'll just fucking look it up i don't even have to think about anything i'll just fucking look it up or or literally just ask the freaking program just ask your house your house can probably talk by now ours can but um yeah you wanted to actually have it and i I found this um grocery uh, asian it's a grocery store grocery store with like authentic you know yeah asian english the english translation of this store was the vietnamese the vietnamese flower yeah and so it was fucking awesome. We actually went started to go to a different one, and we, put, we, <laughs> we got to it, and, and it, it seemed was like so it was in like a really weird part of town. It was very very small, and I was like, I, I don't think we're gonna find what we want. Well, in we there. when we found this other shop, it had like a wall of ramen, and I was like, I want to yeah. see this wall of yeah. ramen. Yeah. So we went, and it was a crazy. It was experience. awesome, man. It was they had very cool. So many ingredients and things I'd never even heard. It felt of, like we man. literally walked into just like. Like we were in like Chinatown. We yeah, were like, I don't, that's not just Chinese in there. But, but no, like, you're right. It just it was, felt like we were in a like a, a different, like a di- yeah. And to see like 
a way that like a market is run so much differently than like Kroger. You know, it's like, yeah, I think we're all pretty so used cool. to like just that, you know, they Kroger, have, Walmart, yeah. whatever. This shit was different. They but they sold like produce and everything, but yeah, it's they, some sh- again, some shit I'd never seen before. They had like live fish yes. that you could pick to get like to take home to eat. All ki- all kinds of fish too. I mean, they had uh, it was amazing. It was really cool. But long, okay, long, long story, story short, yeah. we're, which, we're which, making which we've still actually a made it a little bit long. of a long story. Yeah, <laughs> we got some, a bunch of different. Yeah. ramens to try it's been like 50 and bucks. i love spicy so i went ahead and obviously like spicy this spicy that let's do this yeah. blah, blah, blah. and for, actually it was pretty much all spicy oh, did i even say about like oh, i've i saw the, my whole thing was like i'd seen people eating ramen on youtube and i was like yeah. that stuff looks really fire yeah. and so and fire it oh was. my god we posted about it so yeah so if you follow us on the insta yeah if you've seen our instagram or facebook Whew. recently so we, what we did is we got sorry we got we got a few different brands, a few different kinds, and we get home, and I was like, I kind of want to see the because re- we have seen that there have been people yeah, eating it like, on I YouTube. I was like, I want to know how spicy this is. So we looked up the brand, and it's literally like the fire noodle, yeah, the yeah. fire noodle challenge, the Korean fire noodle challenge is the exact ramen that we got. We did not do that on purpose. No, we we did do it with the intention of like maybe we could do a fun video of us eat slapping some yeah, ramen. If it was spicy, yeah, too spicy, and but we didn't realize we whoa. got like the fucking. It's called, what is it? Uh, it's, it's, it was, well, what we ended up doing was we started with the, what we thought was the, not as the spicy. most chill. Yeah. It was like spicy, spicy cheese. hot chicken. It was spicy hot spicy chicken hot, with cheese. Yeah. Or does it even say spicy? I think it just said hot chicken with cheese. Yeah. It didn't, didn't even say it didn't, spicy. It just said hot chicken with cheese. Yes. Yeah. So we, and we, we watched a couple of YouTubes. People were, no worries. We got some for no one of our friends worries. too. So he, we, he came over and yeah. he kind of like, yeah. Um, Got a few packs. He, he or took whatever. a few. He probably and won't credit I us when he does his challenge. Have to say, say it. That say shit it. was f- so fucking spicy. <laughs> and I like. We thought we were so fucking. I tough, like though. spice. We thought we were so tough. We go into it like mm, this is gonna be delicious. Ugh. Fuck, dude. It was good. It was. Oh good. my god, it was amazing. It was flavorful. It was all of that. However, it. Uh, Tom I took, was sweating. I took the first bite. And it had just come off the stove because we made it all yeah. in ma- we made it all in mass. And I'm taking a bite, and Angel's like, "Is it hot?" And I'm like, "I was like, is it hot?" And I'm like, "Temperature hot." And he was like, "Oh, it's, it's, it's something." It's all of that. But oh. we still want to know. We put a post out to see. I we think had, we're we still had, gonna do it. We had some responses because to try like the the hotter stuff. The on, Mac we thought Daddy. We could record a video twice of as us spicy doing as it. what we were eating. Yeah, which seems to defy convince. Like I don't know if my brain can. Like I got like I got high off of it. Like I got like an endorphin rush. I was miserable. I drank more milk than I should have. Yeah, and it wasn't even the hottest. But we posted that to see what wanted to see us try the hottest. I don't know. It could be a thing we might try we, to do. I think we should. I think we have to do it for our own personal pride as well. I'm, we paid I'm six a bucks bit for that. We paid six bucks for those portions. Yeah, we spent like fifty bucks. With yeah, food. we got some candies and some drinks and some juices yeah. and you know some of this. so just some stuff that we don't readily see in our culture. Uh, you know, it, it was cool. I mean, it was stuff I hadn't thought of. You know, we got some black currant juice. Mm-hmm. We got some. Uh, we got some candies that we tapped into. Some Which mochi. Didn't you growing up have black currant juice? Like, yeah, you black currant. Very English. But as I've, English too. Yeah, yeah, and they have like um, they have like a black currant concentrate, and they have like I can't, but I can't remember what it's called. And it it doesn't taste the way I remember it as a kid. But that juice that I got was like spot on. Really, and it was so in a juice good. box, though. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so if you're local, hit us up. We'll tell you about. We'll tell you where that shop is. Yeah. Uh, if you're not, go to your local Asian market. Have a good time. Get some ramen. Let's I do a collective yeah. ramen challenge. If you just Google like whatever, yeah, you found it whatever quick. kind of market you're looking for, whether you know yeah. a Latin market or Asian or whatever, I would just it's amazing. Yeah. Just so cool because there's so much stuff you don't. We you know we we go to Kroger, we go to Walmart, like we get. And I want to diversify very basic and, stuff, yeah. and support other. For sure. You know, local people. It was the coolest experience. We were like, we want to do something. And then we re- we didn't even realize what we were doing was going to be such an experience until... It was. It was fun. Until we got it was really it. cool. Yeah, it was fucking rad. So go... Sorry to spicy. rain on that, brother. Yo, and if we, if we don't... If, if anybody wants some ramen, hit us up. We will send you some. Oh, okay. Because we no, got a lot of My thought was if we if we do it and we, if, and, and we can't handle it... We can't handle it. We'll do a giveaway for whatever ramen we yeah, have Yeah, that that'd left. be cool. That'd be cool. Send it that'd to, be cool. That'd be cool. To whoever watches yeah man so i think that was the biggest highlight and that shit was so spicy i ate all mine though i'm the only one in the squad that ate all of theirs you said you got full but i think I it was too much full. i think you got i think it was too spicy no for you. i do i handle spice <laughs> better than you it's true it's true oh hey really quick as a segue holy shit i almost fucking knocked the mic so That's uh good. wendy sent us a, a great email oh a listener yeah yeah we had a listener send us an email on the contact oh, yes. thing on our, yeah her on name's our wendy won't yeah. say her last name yeah because just... but wendy thank you so much uh yeah you uh, yeah used she's to live from in she's from kentucky yeah. she moved away for a long time she's been back we appreciate so you reaching you, out yeah you're fam tom just recently added that contact us on yeah, the website so man. it was really cool to already have somebody utilizing it which yeah is really fun. and if you guys want yeah to reach out that's a that's a good way uh we drink and we know things podcast at, at gmail, gmail. Yeah. or, on or you website. can go to our website as long as we still have one, go to the website. <laughs> also, if you have like a weird let's not meet experience or the Matrix experience or a paranormal experience, hit us up. Yeah. Tell us about it. Sure. We want to know, man. Uh, we would love to do like a listener episode. Yeah. Or just have, have guests on. Yeah. We've never really, we've never done that. No. We, we kind of had like the homies on on a, on a Florida Man Friday, but it was a disaster. Oh, yeah. Probably Absolute no disaster. Well, those we guys, don't have a third Those guys mic. are never coming over again. We don't have a third mic, so... <laughs> uh what else what else oh uh so stay tuned at the end of the episode we're gonna be dropping we're so we've been reaching out to a few other podcasts you might be a new listener because you heard us on yeah and podcast thank you for still listening man. we Which, appreciate that yeah so uh the first person that shared our promo was uh real life ghost stories yeah you might have heard us from there which so they're red I, thank them other, so much for yeah, supporting so us cool. that's super cool uh additionally our next promo we're gonna be throwing it on the end of the episode is from graveyard tales from those dudes uh adam and matt they've been around for a good long time uh one dude has a background in sound production the other guy's been a lifelong follower of the paranormal they tell stories about cryptids paranormal all this yeah. a similar vein to where we do weird history all that kind yeah, of stuff i think just Minus the true crime, right? Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned to the end of the episode. Yeah, we're of- gonna drop their promo for you guys to listen to. I'm not gonna be dropping the super rad chip tune outro that I've been using. We're gonna do <laughs> the end of the episode with a promo from Graveyard Tales. So thank those guys so much. Uh, they're super for cool. Sure. Check them out, man. I like uh, when I'm listening to a podcast. It's kind of fun to hear other promos because there's so many podcasts out oh my there God. for to find the you know some that you're into, awesome some that you yeah. like. You know, I, sometimes it's like. Really hard to find a, a gem and mm-hmm. speaking of gems, there's a lot of podcasts that are. Not I mean, yeah, we might be one. we might be one of those duds, buddy. <laughs> <sighs> also, some big ass fucking shit that came oh, out today, my God. which some we big talk ass about. <laughs> fucking shit. Just to reiterate that Andrea, you just said some big ass fucking shit. Yeah, well, uh, there's like one word in there that's not a cuss word. <laughs> The Golden State Killer is actually like 
pleading guilty to yeah. all of his charges today. Yeah, I think which I, is crazy. And you can fact check me, but I think it was thirteen murders. Oh, I'm not. And I just I don't as know. many rapes. I don't know. Yeah, and so you know that's gonna be life without parole. Not the yeah, death but penalty. He, he took. I even think though he I mean, a, fuck you. They, he shouldn't even have that option. I, I mean, think he shit. took a plea to get the death penalty off. Yeah, for sure. Which that shouldn't even dude, be on the table. You're like so old. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, man. And like you you wouldn't actually see I I doubt he would actually even yeah, see the death penalty if he got it. For but, I mean, sure. Regardless if it got whatever got him to confess is great, you know, and the fact that he actually got caught and we actually figured out who it was and he's actually fucking finally fucking facing time is amazing. Yeah. Pretty fucking proper. Yeah. Pretty fucking proper. Yeah. But we had, we want, I wanted to just mention it because we're recording today. Like today. on Monday. Yeah, I woke up to the, the live the live of the it. 29th. 29th. Yeah, 29th yeah. today. This episode will probably come out uh, July 18th uh, for, <laughs> for those that know our now. podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, man. I think that you actually – I think you're going first. Yeah, this is going to be another – Reggie. Whoa, also, it's, it's very storming. fucking vibey here right it now. It's so vibey. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that our dogs and cats fuck with the show all the time. But right now, Mother Nature is bequeathing. Yeah, it's like a little bit of getting a, dark and a humidity blanket on us. There is some major thunderstorms yeah, happening it's right storming. now. It's gonna probably be the only fucking time it rains all summer. But it's gonna be so <laughs> muggy. I have so many plans. It's gonna be so oh. muggy tomorrow. It's been so muggy. Yeah. Ugh. It was Ugh. so humid today. That's Kentucky. Yeah, bro. We were, we went and got some groceries. We were fucking just like... Miserable. Just, just pouring sweat just walking from the fucking... Especially just wearing, loading the groceries. Wearing a mask in hu- yeah. 90 degree... Yeah. What feels like 100 degree humidity is... Grody. The worst. Where? I hope everybody, as a side, just before you get in, I hope everybody's yeah, staying safe. For sure. Do you know... Everybody's still... T- yeah, do dude, what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. Wash Stay safe. Hands. We're here for you. Hit us up. Um, and are you ready to tell oh, me the story? Oh, no. Shit. One other thing I will say is I've got into another Boda Box rut where I can't fucking find it anywhere. Boda Box guys, is slipping in Kentucky. I man. know I had some listeners that were local. Oh, shit. Listener friends. I don't, I feel weird calling them listeners like friends that. Yeah, they're homies. Or, you know, that listen that could, we were telling me where I could get it. So I need your help again because I'm in a drought. I'm drinking. <laughs> Uh, Trader Joe's box wine. I was gonna drink. I have a bo- bottle you of nineteen. So many, you get so shook. You're so scared to ch- to to try something else. It's, I know. Because but when you really so get it, you got a bunch of backup booze waiting for you. Well, it's so hit or miss with rosé. So like, yeah. I'll just like randomly buy a bottle here and there, but then I'll be like, mm, I don't know if I want to try that. Yeah. I do like the Yes Way rosé. I do. I found that I like that. <laughs> Such a fucking silly name for a wine. Yeah. I mean, but you know have, they're making buckets, but it's so silly. I have a bottle of 19 Crimes rosé, but I haven't tried it yet. You were saving that for this. I was going to, yeah. and then I just totally forgot. I'm going to make you drink it. Well, we ventured out and got me some Trader Joe's box mm-hmm, wine today, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's what I'm going Yeah. You're going first, right? Yes. All right, you I ready? believe so. I'm ready because I'm out of beer and I'm ready to crack another one and sit on my butt while you tell me a story. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm going, I don't know. I don't even know what I, I, there's no need for me to even try to say what I'm doing. I just feel okay. like maybe my story might be a little different than what, did that pick up? I'm certain it did. It's storming. I, I hope this you might guys. be it. Just heard that thunder. Somebody's going to do a podcast about two podcasters that floated away in a flash flood. And that was going to be us. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Just because we got a flash flood warning earlier? It's over, bud. We're in here recording. We're a little bit below sea level. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No. So, yeah. The, oh, all right. Cheers. Cheers, Oh, babe. wait, here. All right. Clinkies. That's all right. Oh, that's Oof. terrible. Weakest one. We're, I'm, I'm drinking a... out of a can. You're drinking out of plastic. Service. <laughs> Why did we even do that? We're silly. That's stupid. Okay. So I'm just, never mind me trying to talk about what I'm talking about without talking about Give it. me the story. <laughs> oh, so if you're new to the podcast, Andrew's fit to tell me a story I don't know anything about. And then I'm going to turn around and give her a story that she doesn't know anything about. As far as we know. As far as we know. Because we don't tell each other. We have a pretty good about. fucking success rate. I've only known a couple. Yeah. You've only known a couple. Yeah. Well, because I cover, I know <clears throat> you don't like, you're not an avid true crime podcast not listener. An so avid. I know when I cover those. Yeah. And you don't really like creepy ghost stuff. So I know when I cover that. <laughs> I actively do not enjoy yeah. creepy ghost stuff. Okay. So I'm going to be telling you about um, a guy named Richard Russell. I thought you were about to say Ramirez, and I was about to be like, I know this one. My stack would be a lot bigger if no that's who I was doubt. talking about. Yeah, yeah. I try to stay away from the ones everybody knows. We'll save those for but, the lands. The, you know, the the big, like 100, 150, yeah. 200. But, but at the same time, not everybody knows. So if you want me to cover, you know, something like that, let me know. Yeah. Okay. So Richard Russell was a Horizon Air Ground Service agent from Sumner, Washington. Okay. He's a what was he? What was he do for a living? An air ground service agent. So we're like an airport. Uh huh. Oh okay. Yeah. He had been part of a tow team, which repositions Their aircraft. Toes. What? Nothing. I was a stupid. Joke. Which repositions aircraft on the airport apron for about four years. He's been doing this. Okay. okay. An operational supervisor for Horizon Air described Russell as a quiet guy. Who was well liked by the other workers? Oh fuck! He probably kills people. He was born in Key West, Florida, and moved to Wasilla. Okay, I'm gonna mess this up because I didn't look up how you uh, pronounce listen, it. Listen, I want you to know that I believe in you. It's Wasilla, sure, or Wasilla, Wasil, Wasilla, hmm. Wasilla, Alaska. Alaska. Sorry, W A S I L L A. How would you say that? Wasilla. 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 Shit. Sorry, guys. Uh, so he moved to Alaska at the age of seven, and he attended that same place, high school, <laughs> <laughs> where he wrestled and competed in track and field. Okay? Okay. okay. He was known as Bebo to his Bebo! friends and family. So you will often hear, if you are if you hear this story, it's Richard uh, Bebo. Bebo Russell. That's an odd nickname. He got married in 2012. Congrats. Oh, so this is kind of a more... Uh-huh. More a little bit recent yes, story. Yes, and he actually had met his wife in 2011 at a Campus Crusade for Christ meeting at Southwestern Oregon Community College. And okay. together, they actually started a bakery in North Bend, Oregon. That sounds so quaint and I nice. Know. I hope that you just end the story there, and then it's my turn. Right? Nothing bad. And that, and now you can go buy muffins. <laughs> <laughs> well, bagels. Um, they sold the bakery. We were just talking about bagels right I, before I this. I was telling you how much I, lo- I love a bagel. And I was talking about how much I hate bagels. I love a fucking bagel. I'm not a bagel fan. Uh, anyway. Do, do, do. Where was I? Hmm. Oh, so they started the bakery, and but in 2015, they, they sold the bakery so that his wife could be closer to her family, and they settled in Sumner, Washington. Okay. This is where All right. Bebo, Richard, just, Bebo, 
I probably am going to go back and forth between calling him Bebo or Richard. I don't know. Just Bebo, I think. But this is where he found his employment with Horizon Air. Okay. He was an avid traveler and attended Washington State University Global Campus, majoring in social science. Okay. And he planned to seek a management position at Horizon Air or become a military officer after receiving his degree. And he was active in his church and a leader in the local Christian youth ministry, Young Life. Busy guy. So I'm just giving you like a little background getting, on He's on getting our, after on it. Dude, okay? Yeah, he's getting after it. So as I said, in 2012, they had their, is when they started their bakery. And yeah. in a 2012 interview with Coos Bay newspaper, The World, um, highlighting, they highlighted their bakery, talking about the couple, about how they had different personalities. She was detail oriented and a slight perfectionist, while Bebo was more laid back and outgoing. And it was actually called Hannah Marie's Artisan Breads and Pastries. Okay. Just for a little. It's a girthy name for a spot. So Bebo posted videos on like YouTube. I think it was like there are videos on YouTube. I think it's mainly because for his classes, like when he was like recording stuff for classes. Okay. Um, In one like really funny YouTube video he posted, um, he talked about his job at the, you know, the airport and included videos and photos of his like travels. And it's like there's one quote where he's like, I lift a lot of bags, like a lot of bags, so many bags. Like he's just like talking <laughs> yeah. about any he, he interviews a lot of his other co-workers um, in a couple of videos and stuff. He seems like very a very lighthearted. Cool dude. Yeah. And he has fun with it. You're going to make me regret saying that or this guy's going to get his head cut off. Like there's it's uh, you stress me out with this just shit. Tell you he's going to so, get his head cut off. In 2017, Bebo wrote in a, um, a blog. Bebo. He sounds like a robot from a cartoon show. <laughs> Bebo. He wrote in a blog for a college communications course. I'm going to read you what he wrote. Okay. Just, I'm just giving you like a little insight yeah, on him and his personality. And... This just let thunder. it be part of the No, ride. I know. I just wonder. I wonder if you can pick, if you can hear it. Probably not. Okay. Hey, all. My name's Richard Russell. I'm 27 and currently living in Sumner, Washington, right? Is that what it says? W-A? Yeah. <laughs> With my incredible wife. I was born in Key West, Florida and moved to Wasilia, Wasilla, Wasilla, Alaska when I was seven. Wasilla, I think. Yeah. I met my wife in Coos Bay, Oregon in 2010 while we were both going to school. Coos Bay? Yeah. <laughs> C-O-O-S. <Okay. laughs> what? Nothing. Look it up. What am I miss? Oh no! Is there some joke? No, I think that's just like an old school way of saying a certain type of. Um, how do you say without sounding gross? Uh, it's a certain part of anatomy. Hold on, put in a uh, coos. <laughs> put in me googling music. <laughs> Well, when I Google it, I got a sound a pigeon makes. When Tom I got a little it, different of a thing over here. I got a different thing over here. Anyway, <clears throat> we were married. <laughs> Look it okay, up, though. <laughs> so I met my wife in Coos Bay. <laughs> yeah, you did, bro. It's C-O-O-S. Yeah, you did, bro. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, in 2010, while we were both going to school, we were married one year later. And one month after that, we opened a bakery, which we success- successfully ran for three years. We decided to sell and move in 2015 because we were both so far removed from our families. Failing to convince my wife of Alaska's greatness, we settled on Sumner because of its close proximity to her family. 
I, meanwhile, obtained a job working for Horizon Airlines, partnered with Alaska Airlines, so I'm able to fly to Alaska at my leisure. In this season of life, we enjoy exploring as much as possible, whether it's a day or so trip to one of Alaska Airlines destinations or visiting a new area of Washington. Mm -hmm. We consider ourselves bakery connoisseurs and have to try a new one every place we go. That's cool. That's cool they have that yeah. together. Yeah, especially being able to like successfully That's like one, us too. going to every restaurant and getting fried pickles, even though we know we hate fried pickles. Oh, I thought you were going to say charcuterie boards. <laughs> Damn, no, uh, I will I get was... a charcuterie board anywhere. Market price, I'm down. I was Let's watching something the other day, and they they said, be it, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. I think it's charcuterie. Yeah, it's charcuterie. But she said it's so fucking stupid. No, it was like a charcuterie, charcuterie or it's something. <laughs> it was so bad. I was what like, you got? You and got, she wasn't even country. <laughs> you got papa jelly right there. You got a, <laughs> you got a roadkill opossum right There's over there. Cheese. <laughs> got you a charcuterie, a charcuterie <laughs> board. Uh, There's moonshine chasers over there for a palate cleanser. Oh, jeez. Okay. Once I earn my bachelor's in social sciences, I will either seek a management position where I'm at now or possibly join the military as an officer. With this blog, I hope to showcase all that I've learned in Miss Newman's Communications 210 class. Wow. He's, so, invested, in the, he's invested in his schoolwork. I'm kind of a nerd. With that, he also included photos of his wedding and traveling he'd done in the mountains and other sites he'd seen, including some ancient ruins. Bebo ended the section about section of the blog with his dreams for the future, which were moving up to become a manager at Horizon Air or joining the military as an officer, as I said. Nice. So you have goals and stuff. Goals, and which means something's going to go. I mean, this is just a story of a seemingly pretty yeah. highly functioning person. Well, I'm going to get into it right oh, now. Oh, buddy. So, that stuff that I was reading was posted, like, 2017. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's that's year we got married. That's only a couple years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, on August 10th, 2018, a Horizon Air, hopefully I'm saying this right, Bombardier Dash okay. 8 Q400 was stolen from Seattle Tacoma International Airport in SeaTac, oh, Washington. fuck. I think I know where we are now. Um, by 29-year-old Richard Bebo Russell. Oh, no. I think I know this one. You do? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll keep it quiet, but like... Have I maybe told you about this? I think you and I have had a casual conversation about this. Oh, shit. I think maybe I might have. Okay, well, so... Oh, no. So, Bebo has no piloting experience. Because um, he was he was a ground guy. He was handling packages. Yes. A lot, the, a lot of packages. So, the aircraft... Um, it had first flown in 2012 and was delivered new to Horizon Air the same year. It landed at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport at 13.35 local time, the afternoon of when this starts to happen, and uh, an in-service flight from Victoria, British Columbia from that. And it was not scheduled to fly again that day. So a fairly new plane. It had first flown in 2012. Yeah. And was delivered new, you know, in 2012 to Horizon Air, where Bebo was. That's a crispy-ass plane. I mean, like, the yeah. planes that we book for, yeah. like, Allegiant and Spirit and shit, they're, like, from the 70s and shit. It's crazy. Yeah, that's because we get really cheap <laughs> flights. Yeah, worth it. <laughs> Is it? No. Okay, so the aircraft was stolen from Plane Cargo 1 at the north end of SeaTac Airport. I'm going to get a little technical because it's just, like, You're it's good really the only way to, like, tell you what happened. Yeah, sure, sure. It maneuvered to runway 16C via taxiways. 
Seattle Tower tried several times to get the aircraft to identify itself on frequency, and there was obviously no response. A nearby Alaska Airlines jet on the ground reported that the aircraft had begun a takeoff roll with its wheels smoking. Oh my gosh, so like the brake was the brake still on? I don't know. And an unauthorized Jesus. takeoff was made at 1932 local time. 1932 fucking what is that? Uh Yeah, it's the the article I'm using is in uh, I'm I'm sure that's how they were they do it in on in an airport, right? Yeah, so 16 is 4 o'clock. 17 o'clock is 5 o'clock. <laughs> what are you doing right now? 7 o'clock. It was 7 o'clock. 19, okay. right? 7-ish. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. We drink and we know things. Um, in response to McDonnell Douglas F-15C Eagles of the Oregon Air National Guard's 142nd Air uh, Fighter Wing under the command of NORAD were scrambled at around 2015 local time from Portland Air National Guard Base to intercept it. Okay. Both were armed with AIM-9 Sidewinder and AIM-120, or would you say and AIM? Up, I don't know. It's enough to fuck you up. AMRAAM air-to-air missiles. That's enough to that's enough to that's enough to put that plane out of the sky. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, of course. And there's two planes. They scramble two planes mm-hmm. to go against this. Well, uh, to 20, intercept it. Yeah, and that's a pa- he's a he's in a passenger plane. Yes. Whoever it is is in a passenger plane. Yes, just took off. Yes, and things are gonna go fine. They went supersonic, generating sonic booms on the way to the Puget Stop. Sound area. A KC one three five R Strato tanker refueling tanker was also scrambled from Fairchild Air Force Base to support the F fifteen flight. And flights in and out of the airport were temporarily suspended. Obviously, this created a whole fucking. scramble up in the air of flights that were trying to land flights that were trying to take off flights that were trying to come in because they're like when 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 a a plane that is not supposed to be up in the air goes up in the air oh oh, no no dude no dude no dude it sounds like a fucking michael it sounds like a fucking michael bay movie Like they go, two planes just going plane supersonic version. and all this shit but that's the right response i mean we've learned over time that's the right response you know what i mean absolutely no, <laughs> whoever's in this plane is fucked, and I feel like I have a pretty good idea. Well, I already told you. Oh, it's dude. Yeah, I already told you who was the yeah. one that was. Oh, okay, them. yeah, I'm yeah. following. I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle Tacoma Air Traffic Control (ATC) maintained radio contact with the occupant, which was Bebo. Bebo. The transmissions were on an open frequency and were quickly posted on social media websites. He's by who? By by Bebo? I. I it, they were on an open open frequency, so it was people like. So shit was just live. I I think on their page I or whatever. Think, I think people were wow. well, as well as I don't I don't think I go into this, but as well as people <laughs> were posting videos and like calling nine one one all over the place because they were like, was there flying is so erratic? there is well there was like a plane that when you go outside we're supposed to see way up ass doing unless its thing. you're by the airport yeah and these people are seeing it. Way too low. Right over the treetops type shit. Like, in their neighborhoods. Oh like, there, are, I listen to multiple 911 calls of people being like, there's a plane that should not be in this area flying in this area and flying erratically, flying weird, whatever. Whoa. Right? And it's like a fuck. Like, that imagery is just terrifying. Like, imagine just driving down the highway in a fucking plane, like, right over the treetops. Well, and imagine what? going outside and you see a plane that might be, like... Not far from crashing into your home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. So, 
That's crazy. I'm going to play some audio, but okay. I'm not going to do it yet. I'm going to read through. That was a tease? I'm going to read through some of the things that are being said. Because this is the weirdest fucking audio and the weirdest shit. He's so calm. Yeah. And it sounds like you're listening to somebody on the ground, like an air tech person or whatever, sure. talking to somebody playing a fight flight simulation. It doesn't, it's not frantic. It's not, it's so crazy to me. So the transmissions were on and over, like I said, whatever. And, but to get into some of the things that started to be said, he starts, he says, quote, that he's a broken guy and has got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it until now. Oh, that's a Mind bad you, time to figure it out. He's in a huge plane. Passenger vehicle. And like, is that's, not a pilot. That's like what? I mean, it's a huge fucking yes, plane. And is not a pilot, right? When ATC, when I say ATC, that's air traffic control. When ATC suggested that the plane be landed at Joint Base Lewis-McChord, uh, he refused, saying, quote, those guys will rough me up if I try and land there. I think I might mess something up there, too. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, no. He asked ATC if he could get a job as a pilot with Alaska Airlines if he successfully landed the aircraft. Oh, no. No. Oh, but he by suffered saying, a break, But they're like, they're, trying, they're so calm. They're trying to keep him so calm. Yeah. They say, the ATC says, quote, they would give you a job doing anything if you can pull this off. To which he replied, yeah, right. Nah, I'm a white guy. Oof. Oof. No, um, bro. He spoke of wanting to do, quote, a couple maneuvers to see what the aircraft can do. Oh, my god! And then he requested the coordinates. Dude, that is so... And he's in, he's like flying over like populated areas, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's fucking... Holy, that's holy shit. Like, yeah. that's so scary. And dude. then he requested the coordinates of an orca that had been brought to national attention. So, like, this... I, I can't, I'm going to, you'll hear it in the thing I uh-huh. play when he talks about it. Orca, like a big Wait. ass fish yes. whale? Yes, And he's like saying, I want to go see that guy. He stated. <laughs> uh, I want to go see that guy. Yeah, he's like, the, oh, what about that orca? I want to go see that guy. And I'm talking, he's so, he's like, just, oh, what about that orca? Can you just give me the coordinates for that orca? I want to oh, go see no. that. That's what's scary. That's scary because like, it seems like he's like a very put together dude. Mm-hmm. With a very put together plan and a very put together life for him to just crack and steal a whole ass airplane and want to go see an orca. Right. Oh Um, my, I'm, I'm shook. He then stated that he did not want to hurt anyone. And in the final minutes of the communication, he apologizes to his friends and family, which is really sad, which you'll hear when I play. Can't wait. This goes on for a very long time, but I'm going to play. So I'm only going to play a little bit of it because I just want you to hear his demeanor. Yeah, with what no, I'm telling I'm with you it. right yeah, now. I'm with it. Near the end of the flight, this is the craziest to me. The aircraft is filmed doing aerobatic maneuvers over Puget, over Puget Sound, where he literally does like barrel rolls. Like successfully? Yes. That's got to be. A veteran pilot said the maneuvers, quote, seemed pretty well executed without either stalling or pulling the wings off. When an air traffic controller requested he land the plane after these maneuvers, he says, quote, I don't know. I don't want to. I was kind of hoping that was going to be it, you know. He added that he wasn't really planning on landing it. So he was ho- saying, like, he I'm was killing hoping, myself. Like, he I'm was not- hoping that, like, he was going to oh try this God, crazy maneuver dude. and he was going to, like, nose dive. And that's going to fuck him up. going to be the end of it. But he was skilled with it. 
Yeah, Horizon Air CEO Gary Beck stated that as far as the company knew, Russell did not have a pilot's license. Beck said that the aerial maneuvers were incredible and that he did not know how he achieved that experience that he did. And during the conversation with air traffic that's control. That's amazing. But that's amazing. Yeah. Whatever happens next, that's amazing. But that's the, something worth like looking. Like, dude wasn't a pilot. That's, pull- yeah. yeah that's some of the things cr- that's what? really wild about this. Yeah. During that's his, like, the conversations with the air traffic control, he says he knew what he was doing a little bit because he had experience playing video games. Whoa. Yeah. After the incident. Uh, <laughs> that's insane. Um, a pilot for Southwest Airlines relayed to an emergency dispatcher that in 2017 he actually saw Bebo and another man quote pointing and flipping switches in the cockpit of a SkyWest aircraft parked at SeaTac airport he said the men told him that they were training to use the aircraft's auxiliary power unit so that they could tow it but said it was suspicious um, that they left when he confronted them. So they were in there like, how the fuck do we use yeah. this thing? The suit also recalled that Bebo had been in the cockpit of an e- EMBRAER 175 with him and that sure. he had asked him Everybody about how his, quote, flows, which is, uh, asked him about his, quote, flows, which is like pre flight preparation that he does for takeoff. So he was oh, like well, very interested. So he in, like, he knew his stuff, yeah. Well, I, no, he didn't. Well, it, theoretically. Yeah. So. So the two F-15s yeah. that were up, you know, to um, cut him off or whatever. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Those are scary. Those are scary planes. They attempted to direct the aircraft toward the Pacific Ocean and didn't set fire, didn't fire on it. Sure. The Q-400, before I finish, before I go into my next part, I'm going to play my a little bit of yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's necessary because it just, you. it's not like he's like freaking out. Or, like, yeah. the demeanor is weird. This is from um, CNN when they're reporting on it. Okay. And I'm going to play you about two minutes. And it's going to repeat some of the audio I told you, but I want you to actually be able to hear it. Yeah, let's do it. I got a lot of people that care about me. And uh, it's going to disappoint them to, to hear that I did this. Um, I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. Um, just a broken guy. Got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it until now. Hey, you think about landing this successfully, uh, Alaska will give me a job as a pilot? Uh, you know, I think they would give you a job of doing anything if you could pull this off. Yeah, right. If you wanted to land, probably the best bet is that uh, runway just ahead and to your left. Again, that's uh, McCord Field. Um, if you wanted to try, that might be the best way to set up and see if you can land there. Or just like the uh, pilot suggests, another option would be over Puget Sound into the water. Dang, uh, did you talk to McCord yet? Because I don't think I'd be happy with you telling me I could land like that because I could mess some stuff up. Well, Rich, we already talked to him. And uh, just like me, what we want to see is you not get hurt or anybody else get hurt. So, like I said, if you want to try to land, that's probably the best place to go. Hey, I want the coordinates of that orca with the, you know, the mama orca with the baby. What? I want to go see that guy. Hey, pilot guy, can this thing do a, uh, a backflip, you think? I think I'm, uh, I'm going to try to do a barrel roll. And if that goes good, now I'm just going to nose down and call it a night. Man, have you been to the Olympics? These guys are gorgeous. Holy smokes. Now let's uh, let's try to land that airplane safely and not hurt anybody on the ground. All right, 
What? What the fuck? Okay, sorry. Yeah, so I feel like isn't it so crucial to hear his demeanor? It it adds a whole level to it. Yeah, honestly, he's just like, oh man, you know, oh what, like yeah, oh I'll land it. Oh, I don't want to. I don't know. Maybe I won't. You you know, I want to go see the orchid. Like it's so. But I think the air traffic control people are so. They're doing such a good job. I mean, it's 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 an it's a really hard job for reasons like that. It's like uh, I don't know who said it, but it's like ninety nine percent relax, one percent shit your pants. Mm-hmm. Like you know, hopefully, best case scenario, everything goes well every day. Well, you also but have a sometimes guy it doesn't, man. Like flying a plane. Oh my gosh. That has no experience, and you're just trying to like reason with them and be as calm and cool yeah. as you can. And they're and his demeanor is insane. Like. He's just like, I did this. Up, this bro? is happening. I'm going to make yeah. the most of it while I'm up here. Yeah. But he has no intention oh, of hurting anyone else, which. Yeah. Yeah. There was one quote I read by somebody that was like, they didn't. I think it was somebody who worked at the airport or something. They they didn't. They didn't know if the plane was full of people or not. Oh, my Like, there God. was some people who didn't know if like, it was were in completely it? full or if it was just him. Oh, my. That's. T- that's. Yeah scary yeah so i know i sometimes play audio i just felt like that one was needed i usually only do it when it's like really needed we should do more of that kind of stuff that was rad so the two f-15s attempted to direct the aircraft toward the pacific ocean and didn't fire on it but ultimately he crashed at 2043 local time on katron island in puget sound pierce county washington killing him yeah um on impact uh or yeah when he jesus A towboat crew was the first to respond. Firefighters from West Pierce Fire and Rescue and other nearby departments arrived on the island approximately one and a half hours after the crash due to due to waits for the ferry to get them there. And contending with thick brush when crews arrived on scene, the two because there was a two acre fire that Jesus. caused from the crash. Right? I mean it would have had a, it was a passenger I mean it was a big plane, you know? Um, That's crazy. It was suppressed by lack Jesus. of wind and dry brush and extinguished by the following morning. And no injuries were reported to any residents of the island. It was very sparsely populated, thank yeah, goodness. That's what's up. But the crash site was in close proximity to a cabin, but it, there was nobody occupying it or whatever. Oof. So So he really did only just uh-huh. fuck up like a multi-million yeah. dollar plane and and his own life. Yeah. Um Jeez. so moving on to I guess just like the aftermath and like the investigations and yeah. stuff. The Pierce County Sheriff's Office both thanked the public for its accurate information because there were so many people calling in and giving sightings and all Can this. Can you imagine? As well as acknowledged like that fucking plane like that's it's, it sounds like a, I mean it sounds like a film. Like I'm not even I, It's it, crazy. It's yeah. like, it's terrible, but Which it sounds me, like it was like, sort of like a movie. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. They also acknowledge on August 11th that the federal agencies would be leading the investigation, primarily the Seattle office of the FBI. It described Bebo as a suicidal and said that his actions did yeah. not constitute a terrorist incident. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Because I definitely yeah. could have been looked at as terroristic Fuck. if I he did, was going to like... It's crazy he, that that ha- hadn't crossed my brain until I mean, he could have His goals could have been to run it into a... Sure. A bill, you know, the White House or something, you Jesus. know. On August 12th, the FBI said that it had recovered the flight data recorder along with components of the cockpit voice recorder 
and the equipment was sent to the National Transportation Safety Board for processing. On November 9th, the FBI stated that it had completed its investigation and terrorism was ruled out and it was found that he had acted alone. The final descent at Catron, Catron Island was determined to be intentional and suicide was listed as the manner of death. Jesus. Yeah. The FBI stated interviews with work colleagues, friends, and family and a review of text messages exchanged with Russell or Bebo during the incident did not identify any information that would suggest the the theft of the aircraft as related to wider criminal activity or terrorist ideology. He was doing it with the sole intent of ending his life. Yeah. Yeah. Although investigators received information regarding his background, possible stressors, and personal life, no element provided a clear motivation for his actions. Other than, I guess, that was the way that he was going to go out. Wow. Um, Jeez, man. It it had to have been so premeditated. Yeah, I don't know. Like, learned how to fly to in a me, simulator it so he seem could like fucking it was kill that, himself. Because he didn't. He didn't learn. He didn't know how to. If he knew how to do it, he would have. I mean, you know yeah, what I mean? I think yeah. it was very much just like, I'm just going to do this and just see. To see what happens. What happens. See if I can pull it off. Or, Jeez. You know, well, whatever. he knew he wasn't. He didn't have any intentions of pulling it yeah, off. Yeah, there was some other stuff cited about him talking about, like, wages and, like, management. And, like, I don't think it was that. I don't think he was very actually very happy with his yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. His Facebook page, which has now been removed, was um, in the initial hours after what happened, there were, this is crazy, there were hundreds of comments with people painting him as someone of of like a folk hero. What? Calling him the Sky King. The Sky King? And praising him for the barrel roll and others speaking about their own battles with depressions and thoughts of suicide. People were like, this dude is the Sky King, like he... Like he was, he he went out in style. Yeah, wow, that's still dark as yeah. fuck. So just, to, I'm gonna end it kind of here with the statement that his family put out. Okay. Um, and then you know just the overall aftermath. So I'm gonna read the statement that was put out because I think that it's deserved because he is a human and he's yeah, a for person sure, and for sure. I think that he just was suffering from. Something that maybe, I don't know, all of us, some people, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I understand what you're trying to say. It's, I just, it's not, it's not funny. It's still a thing that happened and, you know, the family yeah, no, it's still was remar- suffer, It's you know. remarkable. He I had mean, a wife crazy. and, and yeah. family that inevitably did suffer from this event and tragedy, you know? Yeah. Okay, so on August 11, 2018, the statement read, on behalf of the family, I think it was a family friend that read it. On behalf of the family, we are stunned and heartbroken. It may seem difficult for those watching at home to believe, but Bebo was a warm, compassionate man. It is impossible to encompass who he was in a press release. He was a faithful husband, a loving man, and a good friend. A childhood friend remarked that Bebo was loved by everyone because he was kind and gentle to each person he met. This is a complete shock to us. We are devastated by these events, and Jesus is truly the only one holding this family together right now. Without him... We would be hopeless. As the voice recording show, Bebo's intent was not to harm anyone. And he was right in saying that there are so many people who loved him. We would like to thank the authorities who have been both helpful and respectful. Alaska Air for their resources, the community, his friends and family for their incredible support and compassion. And Jesus, whose steadfast love endures. We'd also like to thank the media for their sensitivity in acknowledging this as the only statement that will be released by the family, and we request that we now be given space to mourn. 
At this time, the family is moving forward with a difficult task of processing our grief. We appreciate your prayers. Thank you, the family of Bebo Russell. I know that's heavy, but I want yeah, to read I mean, it because, I, yeah. you know. Yeah, we don't try to make light, you know. Like right, it's, yeah. Like, while it's a crazy thing and we're talking about it, like, the, there is a family that is mourning. Yeah. So, to end with just the aftermath, in the days after the crash, cleanup and recovery crews contracted... What, did I say that right? I don't know what Clean you Clean up said. and recovery crews contracted by Alaska Airlines and their insurers were present were present on the island to remove debris. As of 2019, this cleanup effort was still ongoing with pieces of aircraft wreckage wow. still being located on the island after the first anniversary of the incident. Residents of the island bore some of the costs for cleaning up, and as of 2019, negotiations were underway for the reimbursement by Alaska Airline insurers. Wow. Yeah. And that is... Um, uh, the story of Bebo. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> and that is the 2018 Horizon Air Q400 incident. and Which is yeah crazy. Not crazy. Richard but like- Bebo wrestles yeah story that's a sad story buddy yeah i know it's a little bit different than what i usually do but no i also think you did a great job thank you i i took pieces from a bunch of different articles which i will try to piece together in sight um yeah but i just i wish that he like i think he was ready he was overwhelmed you know i don't think he wanted to do a safe landing but in my head i just kept thinking when i was because i listened to a lot of the recording yeah for me, I'm just like, just land it in the water. Just land it in yeah. the water. Just land it in the water. It's one of those things you're hopeful, like, something I, good like, is going to happen. It's not going to blow up if you land it in the water, you he's, know? Yeah, he's going to recover. Everything is going to be fine. But, but yeah. It's sometimes just not, truth I mean, is stranger than fiction. Oh, there's just such a crazy yeah. incident story. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. <sighs> so there's mine. It, you did a great job. Thank you. Yeah. And I think his story should be told. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's the Sky King. He's the Sky King. You ready to tell me a story? I got one for that ass. Wow. Good follow-up. I don't good know follow why up. I even... Good follow-up. Yeah, up. I have a story. <laughs> why did I even... Jesus. Okay, real quick. I actually am just going to tell you my sources for what I covered. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Frontiersman.com. Wow. Okay. Hell yeah. USA Today. My Northwest. And Wikipedia. Wikipedia. And then, oh, and then the video came from CNN. Or the audio. Nice. Yeah. You did good research, bud. Thanks. (laughs) See how I did. (laughs) This evening on We Drink and We Know Things. I don't know why I fucking do it. Why do you feel the need to start over? Yo, so this evening we are going to be talking about the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? And it's stormy. Yeah. And your whole thing was about about planes. Yeah. That's why I asked you in the beginning. I was like, what, is it, what if this has a weird connection to the Sky King? So the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle or Hurricane Alley, is a loosely defined region in the western part of the North Atlantic where a number of ships and planes are said to have disappeared under mysterious yeah. circumstances. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. The vicinity of the Bermuda Triangle is amongst the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world, with ships frequently crossing through it for ports in the Americas and the Caribbean islands. Cruise ships and pleasure craft, pl- 
pleasure craft. <laughs> All right. Okay. We can hold on to that one. Hey. Regularly sail through the region and commercial and private aircraft routinely fly over it. Okay. Though the exact number is not known, at least 50 ships and 20 airplanes have disappeared into the triangle. How many? 50 ships, 20 airplanes. What the heck? Uh, often without a trace. Wow. Yeah. So this is pretty crazy. I mean, I knew that's like what happened, but I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. One of the things that, one of the largest, just to get this out of the way, one of the largest arguments is like, it is one of the most traveled regions. Yeah. So things are going to happen. Okay. You know, fuck those guys though. <laughs> Some believe that- Would this Willi- be considered conspiracy? Absolutely. Or... Absolutely. Okay. The Bermuda Triangle is not officially recognized as a space. No? No, there's no official, okay. like the U.S. Air Force, no no military or government organization has been like, yeah, it's real. Oh. Don't go, don't go. Let's but do they can confirm work. aliens, but not the Bermuda Triangle? Well, they they confirmed UFOs. I mean UFOs. Yeah, which probably had some aliens. <laughs> hmm. Wow, okay, okay, okay. Some believe that William Shakespeare's play, The Tempest, is based on tales of sorcery and shipwreck in the area of the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. So, wait. Mm-hmm. How this the Bermuda Triangle goes back? Yeah. Well, well, there's apparently there's always been plight in the area of the plight? North Atlantic. Like there's always been shit that's gone wrong there. Anytime anybody's ever gone in that region, shit has gone wrong. Huh. All right. When Christopher Columbus passed through the Bermuda Triangle on his first voyage to the New World, he reco- why did that guy get sucked down? <laughs> <laughs> right. Could have saved us all a lot of grief, Bermuda. <laughs> He recorded that a bursting flame of fire struck the sea and caused a strange light to appear in the distance a few weeks later. So the earliest suggestion of unusual disappearances in the Bermuda area appeared in a September 17th, 1950s article published in the Miami Herald by Edward Van Winkle Jones two years later. Fate magazine published a mystery at our back door a short article by George Sand covering the loss of several planes and ships, including the loss of Flight 19. Okay. So a group of five U.S. Navy Grumman TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. Whoa. Big, big boys. That sounds like some Marvel shit. It really did. Yeah, they were on a training mission. Uh, Sand's article was the first to lay out the now familiar triangle area. So he's kind of the guy that's kind of one of the guy that's like, credited with having created the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Because this flight 19 or this uh yeah, this flight He's 19 disappeared. Pinpointed yeah, where the region, it was and where it Yeah, which is really it's really loose. Like everybody yeah. kind of has different uh, to kind of seemingly to kind of justify why it's happened or whatever. Sands article was the first to lay out the now familiar triangular area where the losses took place, as well as the first to suggest a supernatural element to the Flight 19 incident. Okay. Flight 19 alone would be covered again in April 1962 issue of American Legion magazine in it. Author Alan W. Eckhart wrote that the flight leader had been heard saying, We are now entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't white know. White water? We are now entering white water. What's that? Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green. No, white. He also what? wrote. Yeah. So that was the flight leader 
of Flight 19 apparently having radioed in like, yo, something's fucked up. We're now entering white water. White water. Yeah, nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water. Now, in my brain, going. I just picture like the swirling, like a uh, tornado type white water that's uh-huh. gonna suck them down. He also wrote that officials at the Navy Board of Inquiry stated that the planes flew off to Mars. What? Yeah, that's what this dude who wrote it said that the the planes fucking flew off. They just vanished. Who knows? Uh, in February 1964, <laughs> Vincent Gaddis wrote an article called "The Deadly Bermuda Triangle." In the pulp magazine Argosy, saying Flight 19 and other disappearances were part of a pattern of strange events in the region. The next year, Gaddis expanded this article into a book called Invisible Horizons. Other writers elaborated on Gaddis's ideas. John Wallace Spencer wrote this book called Limbo of the Lost. Charles Berlitz wrote The Bermuda Triangle in 1974. And Richard Weiner. I'm just kidding. It's Richard Weiner. Jesus. <laughs> wrote The Devil's Triangle in 1974. And many others, all keeping to some of These the are all just people writing. That are just take. They're just like catching the fucking hype behind this idea okay. and just writing books about it, essentially. So the Gaddis Argosi article is kind of... This other guy kind of, I guess, Sand was the guy that kind of like figured it out. But uh, our guy Gaddis was the guy that really took the ball and ran with it. Like the Bermuda Triangle is a real fucking thing. Everything I'm saying is real. The Gaddis Argosi article delineated the boundaries of the triangle, giving its vertices as Miami, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. Subsequent writers did not necessarily follow this definition. Some writers gave different boundaries and vertices to the triangle, with the total area varying from 13 million to 39 million kilometers whoa that's a big difference yeah which is 500,000 to 1.5 million square miles that's crazy so there's no like there was never any sort of this is the this this is the boundaries of the bermuda triangle well there was but it was very uh, yeah it varied (laughs) whatever whatever needs it kind of suited for storytelling indeed some writers even stretched it to the irish coast so over by like fucking england so it's like the whole ass atlantic Consequently, the determination of which accidents occurred inside the triangle depended on which writer wrote about it. So it was kind of this thing like, oh, the Bermuda Triangle is this space because this thing happened uh, in the Atlantic in this space. So there, there was kind never of kept this stretching yeah. it and turn in kind of. So that's one of the like big kind of like hiccups in the Bermuda I Triangle. See. Like, is it real? Is it not real? It it's just the depends Bermuda on triangles. It's the it seems <laughs> like the Bermuda whole ass ocean. Sometimes. <laughs> So, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about paranormal explanations. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, I'm into that. that. So, triangle writers, which are people that write about the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, they have their own... Triangle writers. Um, What is that, category? Yeah, they're triangle writers. Mm. They only write uh, triangularly. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Triangle writers have used a number of supernatural concepts to explain the events... One explanation pins the blame on leftover technology from the mythological lost continent of Atlantis. Okay. Which is kind of fucking cool. Okay, Sometimes yeah. connected to the Atlantic, the Atlantis story is the submerged rock formation known as the Bimini Road. Bimini? Bimini. Road. Uh, off the island of Bimini in the Bahamas. So it's, which is this triangle, uh, 
which is in the triangle by some definitions. Bimini. Yeah, in one of them triangles. In one, yeah, in all of them. Well, essentially, it's the whole ocean. You can, if you're in the ocean, Bermuda Triangle. Oh, no. Yeah. So, followers of the sleeping prophet, Edgar Casey, which I covered in episode 17, uh-huh. takes his prediction, prediction of the evidence... Takes his prediction that evidence of Atlantis would be found in 1968 as referring to the discovery of the Bimini Road. So, explorers found the Bimini Road, which is this... The nerds say it's a natural formation of these big kind of like geometric, kind of circular-ish looking like stones that go a long way down this... Off the path of Bimini, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, science nerds say that this is a natural phenomenon. They're not nerds. They're scientists. Oh, yeah. Tom. But... (laughs) But so one of the ideas here is the lingering leftover ancient tech that sank or vanished with Atlantis is the reason things get a lot like an episode of Lost when you're going through the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. And people say that, well, Casey discovered the Bimini Road. The Bimini Road is in the Bermuda Triangle. Maybe the Bimini Road is Atlantis. And maybe Atlantis has a bunch of ancient technology that's fucking with planes and ships and shit that's causing them to crash or whatever. Sure. It's a pretty interesting theory. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. It's a deep (laughs) one. Wow. Yeah, so now let's talk just a little bit about some of the more famous instances of things that have happened in the Bermuda Triangle. All right, give them to me. All right, I'm going to give them to you. The disappearance of the USS Cyclops. One of, I, well, Cyclops. y'all, guys, come on. You sound like you're going to go down. Yeah, one of the Navy's biggest fuel ships marks the largest loss of life in U.S. history. Uh, oh, in the no. U- in the history of the U.S. Navy in a single incident. Yikes. In March 1918, the massive ship. First time you've done that. I know, but I'm, I brought it back. 1918. 1918. 1918. The massive. If you're new here, Tom likes to say, year's weird. And it annoys me. Years weird. Uh, Carrying 10,800 tons of manganese ore with about 309 crew members on board. Stardew Valley? Yes. Manganese ore? The At Sea pre-World War I edition. (laughs) So they were setting off on a fairly good day. The first and only message sent by the ship indicated no sorts of trouble. Yeah. However, the ship was never heard from again. An entire search of the area was put into action, but nothing was ever found. No remains of the ship or any crew members aboard had, aboard had ever been found. The captain of the USS Cyclops never sent a distress signal, and no one aboard responded to radio calls from other vessels in the vicinity. Weird. Yeah. The naval investigators also failed to find a definite cause for its disappearance, though there were a number of theories suggesting various reasons, none of which are, like, available. Okay. Okay. But that's for. Uh, so you just dis like poof. You don't have to find any remnants. Or I mean, the ocean is big in. as fuck. Yeah, that was my that was my I next mean, thing. Like, but the ocean is also very very big. Big ass space. There's who knows what's going on down down deep in that. It's a whole bunch of really smart dolphin people. Have that a society is, it's so in weird, Hollow Earth. It's so weird. Yeah. So next, we're going to talk about the Ellen Austin. The Ellen Austin supposedly came across a derelict ship, so like a ghost ship, a broken oh. down. Apparently, the ship was in actually like really good condition, and they're like, "Yo, we're gonna, we're gonna sail this in tandem to 
to New York. Okay. Also, the movie Ghost Ship is actually really good. Like the remake. Yeah. Well, okay. That was a gem for me. I liked that movie. So what happens is when you when you come across a ship like this or you capture a ship, you put a prize crew on the ship. A prize crew are members of your crew from your existing ship that go over to captain or pilot the ship to its des- to to whatever the next thing is. Yeah, or like um like take drag over it yeah or whatever. No, so like you're sending over a group of people to actually they're gonna sail so, it with you. Yeah, you, you captured they can it. get it running. Again, yeah, right? no, so it was it was like a it was like a sailboat. Oh, there's no motors. Oh, it's oh, like eighteen eighteen. Oh. I was picturing like in the movie Ghost Ship where it's like a huge yeah. huge vessel. No, this is like an old school like made out of wood boat. Okay, okay, okay. Big sails and shit. Gotcha. So. They placed so they come across this ship and they're like, "Yo, we can make money off of this." They send a, they send another crew over there called a prize crew and attempted to sail it in tandem with them to New York in 1881. According to the stories, the derelict or ghost ship disappeared. With the crew on it? Yup. Oh no! Other elaborating further that the ship reappeared without the prize crew. <gasps> Ew. And then disappeared again or they with just... a second prize crew on it. So the ship... They Why get are you the ship, putting more people right? on it? Right, that was my whole thing. My whole thing. I'm sorry, but if, 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 if it goes missing once and everybody disappears, and then it comes back again... And the captain's like, if they were all ahead, on it and you can't find you, their bro. bodies and then it comes back and you're, yeah. how about you five go on yeah. it now? You know, yeah. Cap, how about no Cap? Yeah. When do you get on there, Cap? Yeah. Chin? Captain? Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. So there's actually a little bit of controversy over whether this ship actually existed, but apparently it did, but never manifested any loss of any crew on official records. Ugh, that's so, so weird. So the 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 Austin, I think, made it back, but without the crew that had gone onto the other ship that had been a regular. But there's no record of it. There's no record of that. But shit was a long time ago. It was 1800s. But there's it's some possible. kind of record because you're talking about it. Hey, buddy. It existed. <laughs> yeah, it definitely existed. Weird. Next, we're going to talk about the Carol A. Deering. Carol A. Deering was a five-masted commercial schooner. Which is a big ass boat, mm-hmm. big ass sailboat. Yeah, is one of the most written about maritime mysteries of the twentieth century. All I can think about is below deck sailing out. That we I'm watched. so worried for them. <laughs> Y'all stay out of the damn Bermuda Triangle now. I need more seasons. I love that shit, man. I fucking love that show. Okay, anyway, on January thirty first, nineteen hundred twenty one, Carol A. Deering, the ship, was found hard aground on the treacherous rocks of. Hatteras Diamond Shoals, North Carolina. What does that mean? That's just the name of the place. No, hard agri- What? It was, was found hard. Beached. 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 Big ass boat. You yeah. said hard aground. Hard aground. You don't know your nautical terms? Everybody knows hard aground. I, I did not know. I just made it up. I don't know if that's even what it means. I assume that's what it means. There were speculations that the vessel was involved in rum running, which Ooh. would have been, I'm pretty sure that's, I'm pretty sure that's a no-no. In Why days. is the rum gun? Well, that's because we crashed our ship. (laughs) However, when the investigation team from Barbados reached the vessel after days of effort in the rough sea, what they found was a deserted ship with all crew members missing, along with the crew's personal belongings, ship's navigational equipment, logbooks, and life rafts, among other things. 
Weird. Often known as the ghost ship of the Outer Banks, the disappearance of Carol A. Deering, along with a few other vessels during the same time period in the Bermuda Triangle area, has been valuable information on the mysterious waters. But nothing could bring anyone closer to solving the mystery. Ghost ships. The whole thing about mm-hmm. ghost ships is creepy to me. Reports suggest that as many as nine vessels disappeared during this period from the same region, none of which were ever heard from again. So in like the 1920s. What the like heck? Like nine more vessels. Yeah. What pretty, the heck? It's pretty crazy. I, that's like a lot of people and a lot, a lot of equipment and a lot of Thousands at this stu- point. Like, you know? what? Well, probably a thousand. Probably a thousand people at this point. And who knows... In t- before we had records and people on boats, uh, Douglas DC-3 on December 28, 1948, a Douglas DC-3 aircraft named NC-61. Aircraft. Aircraft. No, yes, aircraft. Okay. Yeah. Number NC-16002 disappeared while on a flight from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Mexico. No trace of the aircraft or the 32 people on so board. So it was a passenger flight? Yeah. Yep. Uh, they were never found. A civil aeronautics no. never. Can nothing. you imagine being like the husband, wife, sister, brother, mother, whatever, no. of somebody on a flight that absolutely, just disappearing? Absolutely not. It's terrifying. It's, it's so terrifying. bonkers because it's so unprecedented. You just don't see it coming. Well, it's like one thing coming. to know that it's, it's, it crashed yeah. or like they whatever, but like it just they took off and are never fucking heard from it's again over. that is so fucking crazy just the lack of closure i can't even imagine yeah oh my god i, I would i would immediately think they're like living on an abandoned island somewhere like fucking it's the only it's the only thing i could hope lost for. or some yeah. shit so a civil aeronautics board investigation found there was insufficient information available on which to determine probable cause of the disappearance so there was no they never found the plane so they could never say or you could never say what happened well, yeah or, absolutely so it, it never never there was never closure there god number five the next one number five number five it's not number five on december 22nd 1967 a cabin cruiser named witchcraft left okay well you, you screwed know, yourself there come on from Miami with her captain, Dan Burek, and his friend, Father Patrick Horgan. The two gentlemen's journey on the 23-foot luxury yacht was to enjoy the wonderful view of Miami's Christmas lights. However, after reaching just one mile from offshore, the Coast Guard received a call from the captain stating that his ship had hit something. A mile? That's like nothing. That's nothing. Yeah, they had just, they had just gotten going. Yeah. And said, but there was no substantial damage indicating help to be towed to the shore. The Coast Guard set off immediately, reaching Coast Guard, reaching the witchcraft in as many as 19 minutes, but they didn't find it. No. Wait. They sent their coordinates or whatever. They reached the coordinates and it wasn't there. It was just, there was nothing. <gasps> the area indicating the location of the ship was completely deserted, with no signs of any ship having been stranded or even present there previously. What's most intriguing what? about this story is that this particular cruiser was virtually unsinkable. Not to mention yeah, that... Yeah, so is the Titanic, Yeah, they bud. all are, bud. Uh, but not to mention that numerous life-saving devices present aboard, including life jackets, lifeboats, flares, distress signals, devices, etc. None of them were in... Like, there was no sign of any of that. Right. So they didn't... Either it just happened so fast. It was fast, like they were like, we hit something, oh, and they just kept and sailing just, on. But, yeah, they, but then they were never it. heard from None again. of them were used and the ship was gone. The Coast Guard officials searched hundreds of square miles of ocean over the next few days, but were unsuccessful. Nothing of this ship has been found into ever. What the 
freaking heck. Yeah. So that's what I got. Just some stories from the Bermuda Triangle. And I mean, there's there's countless stories of this, but those are the most like those yeah. are the most famous ones outside of Flight 19. But I'm gonna talk about that another time. It's, it's kind of weird that we both end up talking about stuff yeah. like planes, yeah, well, and, and boats. But and there's I mean, there's a ton of rational explanations for this stuff. Again, it's a huge tra- it's a hugely traveled area. Human error can come into play. Yeah, but weather, like, technical difficulties, all that shit. But I want to believe. It's still very creepy, like the concept of like ghost ships. Of yeah. ships being like abandoned and just left out at sea, of and coming across and boats one. and ships and yachts just going missing without anybody knowing what the fuck. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, like, that's so wild. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I also originally had in here uh the synopsis for Lost, and I was gonna read it like it actually happened in the Bermuda no, Triangle. You were not. Yeah, but I deleted it because it it happens in the Pacific. Yeah, so it's not yeah. the same. Uh, but yeah, total Love lost vibes. <laughs> yeah, total lost vibes. I like the take on like Atlantis. Total somehow. lost vibes until you finish Lost. Jeez. Gee, man, no let's talk about Watch it. Lost. I'll do a whole episode, just like a Lost That's so manifesto. Old. There's probably so many people who listen here are like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is Lost? <laughs> is well, anyway, man, that's what we got for you this evening. Wow, good job. You good job, buddy. That was very cool. Thanks, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys like tonight's today's this morning whenever you're listening's episode as well as we just had released a glitch in the matrix yes so let us know what you think about those i think and the next one that we'll do is a let's not me maybe yeah yep and and we'll have more episodes coming up and also please stay tuned for yeah we're gonna play you guys um a promo from graveyard tales hope you enjoy it and thanks for listening yeah we'll see y'all next week man we appreciate it bye peace huh? Good evening, everybody, or morning or afternoon or whatever. It doesn't matter. We are Graveyard Tales. Now, if you like ghost stories, hauntings, cryptid encounters, and the weird history behind them, then you should join us in the graveyard. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast providers. Check out our website at graveyardpodcast.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at GRV. Uh, just go search Graveyard Tales. That would be easier. Now, we hope to see you in the graveyard.